welcome back to the Talking Walls podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Cooper, and today I'm joined by three regular and equally as wonderful guests. Dave, how you doing, mate? I'm very well, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm still a little bit upset over the opening day of the season, but mm. I'm sure we'll get over it and I'm sure we'll discuss it at a further length. Finn, how you keeping, son? Yeah, all good, thank you. Yeah, it's good to be back regardless, wasn't it? So, all good. It was, uh, it was lovely to see you at the weekend, mate. I feel like I've not seen you in absolutely ages. We had a, a lovely embrace, didn't we? We did. Well, to be fair, do you remember that one? I mean, this is going back a while, but there's that one, I think it was in the back of a Dazzling Day video where you lift me over your shoulder and do like a WWE move. That's my, my <laughs> favourite When was that? Oh, mate, I've got a screenshot. It's Everton away. And it always comes, sometimes comes up on my phone and Max just got me like over his shoulder. That's my <laughs> like favourite embrace of ours. <laughs> yeah, literally. But yeah, it, Leeds one was all right. Bye bye, Tim. Yeah, it was like I don't. I feel like I've I've, I've not seen you in ages. And, and George, you, you've joined us again. Are you feeling? How's the legs after Snowden? Yeah, not good. I felt like I'd like ran into. <laughs> I think I felt like I ran into Willy Bolly all weekend after coming down. Uh, yeah, I won't be doing it again. My mate's already trying to go up Ben Nevis, and I've already told him to fuck off. I ain't going up another one. <laughs> Can he play up front? <laughs> Who's this Ben Nevis? He's that Ruben's brother. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, uh, did you time yourself going up there? Yeah, so it's about, well, roughly, it was like two hours 30 up and about two hours 10 down, basically. So, Is that a good time? Or? I don't know, mate. I was a, a real, I'm a mountain virgin, basically. It was my first one to climb. Yeah, it's all good to do with mountains, mate. The comments going, oh, that shit. But you know what? There you go. You know, I got up and down. That's the main thing. What kind of led you to, and we will chat about walls, but I'm intrigued to know, what, what led you to, to climb Mount Snowden? Don't you have to try for stuff like that? Yeah, we were pissed in Portugal a few weeks ago when we were on the golf trip, and we spoke about it for a few years. And then, um, yeah, we ended up booking it. And then woke up the next day, confirmed with my mate uh, when we booked it for, him being an Albion season ticket holder, was like, oh, we've done it for this weekend. And uh, conveniently forgot the Premier League was starting. So, uh, yeah. Managed to get just down the mountain for Mitrovic's uh, first goal, though. So that was uh, nice to see. Well, mate, you didn't really miss much of what happened at Ellen Road. We're going to discuss that uh, at greater length. We're going to also preview the Fulham game. We, uh, <laughs> say again. That was the Sorry, picture. Finn just audio showed audio the picture on screen. Oh, did it? Here we oh, go. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can't oh, see. Oh, my God. Sorry, audio listeners. I won't be able to it's do that now good. in my knees. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we'll be. Uh, it's great for our audio listeners, by the way. Yeah, sorry, um, we're <laughs> we're going to preview the Leeds game. Uh, sorry, we're going to review the Leeds game. We're going to preview the Fulham game. Uh, we're going to talk about Connor Cody with his imminent departure. And we're going to, of course, take your questions. Dave, let's start with the Leeds game. Um, a threadbare squad, four at the back. What did you make of it? Oh, yeah. And we had the news, obviously, about Matinho as well quite late on. Um, I'd seen it, I think, in the morning, on Saturday morning and tried to find the source of people saying it was someone on Facebook. And I thought, oh, it was obviously a load of rubbish then. And as we ro- Yeah, as as we um, rocked up to, to uh, Ellen Road, a couple of people had told us, obviously, that was that was the case and he, he wasn't going to be part of the squad. So, that um, uh, you know, I'm sure Bruno would have known at least 24 hours in advance, but obviously that would have changed his plans quite considerably, I think, uh, from what he would have had planned earlier in the week. Um but yeah, we you know it was a dream start, wasn't it? Really, we saw good opportunities for, for uh, opportunities for Huang who started the game. Um, I think that allowed almost Pedence to probably play in his more preferred position as a number ten rather than as the, as the striker. And we, yeah, we started off brilliantly, didn't we? It was a great great goal, brilliant ball by Neves, 
great work by Neta and good from Huang as well to knock it back across. And I do remember on the last podcast, I joked about Huang not getting one goal contribution all season. Obviously, it's a joke. and He's already done it on the opening day. So <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, we just put our foot off the gas, didn't we? A little bit. Just stupid errors. Um, I don't think we played that bad across the 90. But as I'm sure we'll go on to talk about, in the end, it was the lack of options off the bench that killed us. If we were able to bring two or three players off the bench that could add, add energy, add quality to the game, uh, we could have so easily been talking about a completely different result. So a few positives to take from it, but there's still there is still work to be done. But um, yeah, it's just lacking, still lacking something going forward, I think. Just lacking that bite in front of goal. Yeah, and I mean... There was there were some good spells of link up playing, and there was other times where you could just tell that those players hadn't really played with each other that much in that system. Like little flicks around the corner, and yeah. the player wasn't there, and you you know relinquish possession really, yeah, really softly. Was there was times where it was like Pedence and Neto, and you think, yeah. well, you two pro- should probably know better. There were times with like Neves and Gibbs White and stuff uh, combined, and I thought, okay, fair enough. But it was just little bits where there's a short pass, and you look for the second ball. Are you coming short for it? You're going to go long for it. And there were times where they come short for it, and they'd lobbed it across the other other end of the wing. Uh, so it's just little things like that that they'll they'll you know they'll tighten up on throughout the season. Well, obviously that led to lost possession and ending ending the attacks. So it's just things like that we have to really tighten up on. Finn, how did you see the game? Did you did do you echo what what Dave thinks? Yeah, I well, I was a little bit further up than you two, wasn't I? You two had a different ticket, which is, they had a black ticket and mine were yellow, which means I was a little bit higher up. Yeah, um, it's difficult but no, to see from. I mean, George probably obviously didn't go to the game, but was watching it back. He's probably got a better view than all of us because it's, it's really hard. Yeah. The depth perception is really hard to see, but yeah, yeah, you had, a, you had a better view. Yeah, well, on the goal, I thought it was Morgan that nodded it down instead of Wang as well. I, I didn't have so a clue what was going on down the other end. Um, but no, yeah, pretty similar. I thought it was, I think we were saying outside the ground, weren't we, that there is like promising signs there. So we didn't come out too, too angry, but it was just that last sort of 10%. But as you say, a lot of the link-ups that, for example, like Aitnori and Neto, Neto lost his rag with Aitnori at one point. They've played together plenty of times. Kilman and Aitnori as well should have been like used to each other, albeit with one less player there at the back. So that was the only real problem. I said I couldn't figure out whether both teams were playing well or both terribly. Like it was every, both teams were losing possession unnecessarily, but there was also flashes of brilliance from both. And as you say, like, albeit Leeds brought on kids as well. They're sort of like, like Joe Gellhart. They're, they really, really rate him highly. So they were, they were talented footballers they were bringing on. And I, I don't know how we didn't call that to be fair, that such a high energy team in Leeds, they bring those players on. And we weren't able to. It was only going one way in the end. Like if one team was going to score. Although I think just before the goal, we were looking good. But that last fifteen minutes, and especially after the goal, was what worried me that we didn't really have a sniff to to get an equaliser. No, I think that I think the second goal for Leeds came against the runner play. I feel like mm. Bruno maybe would have gone in at half time, sussed how, how Leeds are playing, tried to um, tried to change the way that Wolves approached the game, and, and it really worked. And it was against the, the runner play somewhat, which we'll come on to. But George, that the first goal that Leeds scored, it's a catalogue a catalogue of errors, isn't it? It's it's completely avoidable. Yeah, it's got it's got stuck under Aitnery's feet a little bit. And then to be honest with you, he's been, you know, we we were actually Liverpool about him last mm. week. He's been in pre-season yeah. and now he's shit again. Well, he's not, <laughs> he, might, he might not be PFA young player of the year, like I said last week, um, on that on that basis. But no, you know what? It's just one of those like you know, first opportunity. You should just put it out for a throw in. No, no damage, no harm done. 
I've, I've seen people sort of lay a bit of blame on Neves, but literally the ball's come out to him like two yards, just try to get rid of it. And I think the, the, the biggest culprit in all of it for me is Jose Sarr. Like, I think, you know, Premier League goalkeeper, you should not be getting beat in ear post like that. Uh, from that sort of distance and angle as well. For me, poor goalkeeping, like really, really poor goalkeeping. And I know, you know, he's had a lot of plaudits last season and outperformed his um, expected saves and goals against and all that sort of stuff. But I do think like that sort of final third of the season last year, that he wasn't, I don't think he was that good. Like I generally think it dipped, maybe levelled off a little bit. And watching him, especially in that first half, um, yeah, I think... It doesn't fill me with too much confidence about Jose Sar. I mean, it might be a bit premature, but yeah, I thought I thought he would look really shaky. And... Yeah, um, he shouldn't be getting it beating near post. And Dave and I have got an unrunning joke when we talk about goalkeepers because I always say that I, I, I played in goal. And you know when Sar conceded that Ward Prowse free kick, and I said the keeper's <laughs> doing better. Dave always warns up about that. But we had a we had a bit of a discussion whilst the game was going on. I was getting a little bit irritated by his comments. Um, getting under my skin a little bit. I don't think I've said anything about that. No, I'm only missing, mate. <laughs> um, but for me, Jose Sarr seems to be one of those players. You know when he makes a bit of a rick the rest of the game? It's like it's in his head. Because yeah, not long after, he nearly dribbled into his own area. I know he made a great save in the second oh, half. You always give it, it, probably should, it should have been penalty, a penalty, I think. Absolute well. stone wall. Yeah. There was no. I can't. I can't believe they they checked that and didn't give a penalty. It's he's got absolutely nowhere. Near I don't get ball. why he came out. You know, I know we discussed earlier about him being quite an eccentric goalkeeper coming off his line, but he, he didn't need to come out that far. He, he didn't need to come out that far. If you're coming out that far, you've got to make sure you're collecting that ball. Mm. Otherwise, you're gonna even if he didn't touch the player and it just went back across the face of goal, you just got a, a gaping goal there. You've got you, you know he had such a good season last year. You. I hope he hasn't ruined it already, and he doesn't continue that. So, you know, we you know we know he has daft moments, but hopefully, we don't see another one of those for a long time this season. His distribution was really poor as well, though, wasn't it? Like he just just couldn't seem to find anyone. Even like the balls kicking out of his hands, he's like getting so much backspin on it, it's flopping up flat in the air. Yeah, yeah, it's just it just wasn't it wasn't right right for him that game. He just seemed to have lost his head. But I I can't believe Finn that they didn't give a penalty as soon as it happened. I said to Dave, we went if they check this, we we done here. It's a penalty. Well, I was just going kick the ball, kick the ball because you know when the ref like had the ball and obviously they can't check it once the ball's played. I was just like kick the ball, kick the ball, kick the ball. Um, it probably looked quite weird. Um, but no, yeah, I, I thought it was a stone wall penalty. I'd like even I only just caught a glimpse of it, but. From what I remember, they, the ball came back in anyway, didn't they? They, they probably should have scored because it was an open goal. From what was it? Mm, I feel like I think he had it back across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I suppose when Dendonka missed that chance at the end of the first half, I sort of rationalised it in my head. Well, okay, they should have had a penalty, so let's call it two-two. Um, that's that sort of helps. And again, didn't have a great view of that either. But watching that back's not been not been nice. We we we've said this. For, it feels like the last two years that. Then Donker gets himself into some wonderful positions, Dave. But when when he gets there, it's like his, his boots are laced together. It's it's. Yeah, I think it's, I think he I had a couple of chances. There was another chance earlier in the half where he had an opportunity, but obviously the key one was right on half time, through on goal, a golden opportunity to take us ahead at the break, and uh, he just sort of put it straight at the goalkeeper. And literally after that attack, the referee blew the whistle, so it was, it was right on yeah. half time. 
So such a big opportunity. And I know. We did, I think I, I think we mentioned it last week as well, didn't we? Where he is a player that movement is good, but just that in product, he's got to sharpen up on that. It, yeah, it, I mean, there's goals yeah. in him. There, there was genuinely goals in him that he, he can add. And this is what we need as a team. Yeah, mm-hmm. if we haven't got players like Raul firing, you need goals from the other areas of the team. And if you can get one from central midfield, um, yeah. and for what it's worth, I don't think Donk had a bad game. There were a lot of people yeah, mentioning that on on Twitter. Yeah, I thought he was he was atrocious. I actually thought he was okay. Yeah. But he's got to start adding that sort of ruthlessness in front of goal. Yeah, I mean, very much like a jigsaw puzzle in the fact that he falls to pieces in the box. But <laughs> I, what you say there, Dave, like second half, I thought he was immense. Oh, Every yeah. time that ball broke for Leeds, he was there mopping up and showed some real strength and some, some really good tackles. Um, but we know that, that Lars rates him highly, Jord. If, if, he, if he could get into, if he gets in those positions and scores, you can, you can probably put another zero on his valuation because I don't think he's a bad player. No, I think it's what he's been a victim of, of his versatility at Wolves. Yeah. And we've never really found a position for him. And I think that, you know, like, I think that social media, the way it is, I think there's a lot of people who've made their mind upon him already, that he's mm. no good, he's shit, he's this, he's that. And for me, it's always been about consistency with Dendonka. I think if you give him a run of games in his position, and I do actually think this, this formation will suit him even better than the ones we've been playing for the last three years. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, he should have scored that one at the end of the first half, but I think you've got to put it down to a, a decent Melia save, to be honest with yeah. you. He's put himself quite well. And yeah, look, you want to score those sort of chances, but I think it was a good, you've got to sometimes like, hold Rand up and give some credit to the keeper. And, you know, he had a good header in the second half of a corner as well. Melia made a good save off as well. And I think, like I say, he starts adding goals to his game. Um, then, yeah, like you say, he's going to be really vital. And it can almost be, and again, not comparing... Um, Apple's repairs and stuff here, but almost like that Thomas Suchek sort of player for us, like he's with West Ham coming yeah. with like eight goals a season. So he's a big lad, he's an aerial threat, and he does find himself in good positions. And that you know, that's you can't teach that. He does seem to no. get himself in good goal scoring positions as well. He do, I mean, he had a, head, a header in the first half, second half as well, off a of corn, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, that forced a good save from his yeah. But Dave, the, the second goal. It's completely against the run of play, wasn't it? And again, it was just—it was so easy. Leeds were finding real space um, in, in between our midfield and defence, but then also down the down the insides of the, our centre halves and fullbacks, which I think with a five, you probably you plug. Um, yeah, but. yeah. I think yeah. That that's. I think again, it's something we've discussed is the teething issues that we're probably going to have with a change of formation. I think with Kilman and the the fullbacks, especially, it's. Not a formation that we've played at all before this preseason. So in a competitive match, you are going to see that. But it was disappointing with the timing because I thought up until that goal in the second half, Leeds hadn't threatened us whatsoever. And bar their goals, I, I can't remember Saar having to make too many huge saves. Um, but yeah, that that was disappointing because you know we dominated the second half up until that point, and it was an avoidable goal. We should we should have stopped it way before it got in, into the area. To be honest. I saw a couple of people said that Aitnori Nori um, fell asleep. Finn, do you, do you are you of that opinion, or do you think that Kilman should be on the cover there? Yeah, to be fair, I, I haven't. Did I watch your match today? It was so far away, wasn't it? And I because it's gone down as an Aitnori Nori yeah. goal, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, I've not yeah and he's on my either. he's on my um, he's on my FPL bench. Thankfully, Aitnori. Nori. So that's all I've got to to add to it. But yeah, but I haven't watched the second goal back. I watched the well, I watched our goal and then yeah. turned it off. 
Um, you, I mean, Jordan might be able to answer that a bit better. If yeah. seen it, but. <laughs> but no, it did feel like you could see the move building, couldn't you? You could see the man at the back post. Mm. There's so many people around going back post, back post, back and, and there it is. Oh, and Finn's gone. He's had enough. George, <laughs> um, have, you've obviously seen the goal on telly. Who do you think's to blame there? If 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 you can pinpoint it on one person, I don't. I don't it's one of those goals where I don't think you can. I think there's a lot of probably small errors in terms of what's happened to it. What I've what I've seen watching it back um, on the extended highlights sort of thing um, was I think that click changed the game a little bit. He started finding gaps mm-hmm. between the midfield and the defence and. You know, it was a good ball through to Bamford. When you've got someone, you know, Bamford put in a quality ball, wicked ball to defend right across six-yard box and very Man City-esque with those tappings yeah. at the back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just, it's undefendable when that final ball goes in. Maybe we could have cut the supply off. But, I, you know, I did think Click added a lot when he came on for them. Not necessarily like in what he was doing on the ball, but he just picked up some really intelligent positions and, Again, sort of, um, we're probably going to come on to it as the next point, but the subs did change the game, whether you like it or not. Mm. And he also isn't a youngster. Sorry about that one. Yeah. Robert. Um, yeah, but that, that that squad depth really did kill us, didn't it? We, you know, I think it speaks volumes that it took Bruno until the 85th, 86th minute to, to bring someone on. Um, and even then, Wang looked injured for the whole of the second half. I think his groin has gone. So, Dave, to keep him on, knowing knowing that and, you know, waiting until the 85th minute. It's not that he doesn't <coughs> trust those players, but it almost is, isn't it, a little bit? And, you know, they're not I Premier League players. Yeah. Oh, I think he is. He doesn't trust them to play a prolonged period of, of, of time. I appreciate that some managers like to keep a team almost consistent. If they know a team's doing the right sort of things and they want to be patient with it, then fair enough. But it was obvious that Huang had issues. It was obvious that a number of our players were flagging. Uh, with it being the first game of the season. But, okay, our defensive options on the bench were okay. You've got players such as Bolly and Cody on there who are experienced. They've got a lot of Premier League uh, game time. But other than that, I think there was four or five players that um, hadn't even started a Premier League game on that bench. Um, and bar Chem Campbell, there wasn't much going forward and there weren't much players that I, that I looked at thinking, right, they're going to add something to this team. Um it wouldn't have shocked me to see Conor Ronan come on, but obviously we didn't see that. Um, so Chen was the only one. And <sighs> brand new season, you're allowed to make five subs. For a team to make one sub and it's in the last five minutes, that's a a, a, a real message to the board to, to pull their finger out. And obviously we have seen that over the last day or so. It looks like we are finally making some transfer movements, but um, that cost with, us. With one game, going out as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to one well, in, it's I've, like a nightclub, mate, one in, one out. Yeah. <laughs> but I think... Um, uh, yeah, I think that de- definitely cost us. It could have definitely been a, a completely different res- result if we had the depth there. And, and Leeds, I've seen Leeds fans moaning that they had a young squad, but like Finn said, yes, Joe Gelhart, but he came on last season against us and ran yeah, the show. Changed the game. Uh, yeah. You know, yes, they've got a young bench, but they've got quality young players that have got Premier League game time, whereas we just didn't. Yeah, and that Greenwood's played before. Finn, what was mm. your uh, what was your thoughts on the Gibbs White performance? I thought. I thought it was pretty good. It, there was a few... The first corner delivery, I thought, especially was good. And then from then on, I sort of gave it five minutes to sort of watch him. Um, getting Him and Neto were getting slightly frustrated with everyone else, but Morgan's always been like that. You can We've seen that in the limited times that we've seen him. Um, so pretty... Wasn't anything flashy. Certainly wasn't 40 millions worth. If that's what we're going to um, go into, then I think I'd probably take that. Um, 
But there is a lot of promise with those three there. So I, I did quite like it. I didn't think he was great, but I didn't think he was poor. Um, certainly didn't warrant some of the, the U2 saw outside as well. Yeah, we'll come on to that in a bit. But I, I think with Gibbs White, um, I think he's he's excellent when you when you're in possession and you know you're, you're pressing mm. high and you've got the ball on the edge of the box and it's it's neat touches. But when you're trying to play on the counter attack and even playing balls up to him, Jordan, it's just it's just not his game at all. Yeah, he's, I think that's always been his. Where I've always thought that it wouldn't work for us in the Wolves, the system we were playing before is I don't. I think he lacks a yard of pace to play on the wing. I, I agree. Think he's a winger. Um, I think he's almost like, like I say, that second striker, or just being able to maybe a Mazala, uh, as Dave mm-hmm. likes to call it. Yeah. It's been fifth nil bolted, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's it for me. And, and I don't want to necessarily say he's a flat track bully, but he's definitely a player that shines and looks better when a team's on the front foot and, you know, mm-hmm. two, three up and you've got, ball, you know, got a lot of possession and stuff. And that's not me discrediting him as a player. That's just, I, th- I think he's playing side and yeah, like it's one of those things with, with the performance, it was okay. Uh, Forrest offering £40 million, pound, I think he's just unbelievable, like that they even think he's worth anywhere near that. And yeah, it's it's mad, it's mental. Like, I, yeah, I can't believe they've, yeah, I think we've Jeff's just basically laughing now, just saying, fucking press the accept button as quick as he possibly can. But... Well, they've had, um, they've had the, the, that Moreno from Batiste, he's decided he doesn't want to join Forrest. So I reckon you can squeeze another ten million pound out of him. Just keep going, <laughs> keep going. Dave, <laughs> what's your thoughts on the uh, on, on Gibbs White's performance and also the 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 news that suggests that they're close to meeting Wolves' forty million pound valuation? I think a lot of Forrest fans see Wolves laughing, thinking, "Oh, it's sour grapes." He genuinely isn't. Like it's a lot of money. Yeah, I think I think. If you get a package, there's a rumor going around this evening about um, it was it they offered see. something over that, but I don't, I can't see why a club would offer 17 million in add-ons. Like it doesn't make sense. But um, I think if you can get a package worth about 40 million pounds, I think Wolves are probably just holding out for at least 30 up front, up front. so they know they've got they've got that money. Um, in regards to his performance against Leeds, it was okay. It wasn't outstanding but it wasn't dreadful either I think like you said it um, for a team playing in possession it works well I like George said I can't see him ever as an out and out winger and I don't think that's why it, 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 that's why it didn't work under under Nuno um, or, or last year under Bruno um, I think and I don't understand why he played there on Saturday just put Pedence on the right and, and Morgan through the middle instead um, yes, feel free to roam and move about, which I think is why that front four did well at times because they're all so fluid and they can all play across that front line. Um, but I think you've got to be pushing that Morgan through the the, set, the center agenda, really. And I think if if Gwedge comes in, then that's going to be the way because he is an out and out winger, he's got the pace, he's got the skill, he's good at, on the ball. Um, and surely I think. If you had to say right now, that's your eleven. Who you're going to take out for Guedes? It's probably going to be Morgan. Well, that was one of the questions at the end. So, sorry, <laughs> no, it's sorry, all right. Um, no, it's all well. well it doesn't have one similar to it. Yeah, I think I think you're right though, mate. And we did unfortunately see some unsavoury scenes at the end of the game. Now we're not going to go into it too much because we don't know the facts. We can only see report on what we saw, and we saw that. Um, a member of Gibbs White's family, I believe it's his father, 
um, in an altercation with a Wolves fan. We don't know what was said, but it, it got it got very heated. Um, and people were being pulled away. It's, it's not good to see, is it, Finn? It's not good at all. It's not on on either side for Wolves fans from from Gibbs White's side. It's it's not good. It's not productive. No, and it no, and it. Oh, you're right, Dave. Sorry, uh, yeah, Connor <laughs> Cody's move has just been confirmed to Everton, which we said at the start of the podcast it would definitely Breaking happen during news. the podcast. Though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, I'll speak while Dave can get the tweet out. Then I'm talking more. Uh, we'll fill. Um, but no, I, I didn't see it. Obviously, I came out to you two and you said something had something had gone on and. It's, you just know that then if he's taking his dad's word over and his dad's going to go, oh, F these lot, did they move on? They don't appreciate you. And, and if it was one Wolves fan saying it, that doesn't represent all of us, as as we've said, I thought he played all right, wasn't anything special, but wasn't poor, probably didn't deserve whatever was said. And I'm sure it must have been something not nice that if you if it's your, you hear it about your own son. I mean, my mum's kicked off hearing anything like when I was mascot and someone like insulted my hair when I was 10. She was like, "That's my son." So, let alone when he's on the pitch and and doing something. So, it's you can't blame him, but it's, it doesn't help either way, does it? Because now his family uh, and we've heard from his girlfriend as well, wanting to live elsewhere, uh, etc. So, if that's all what he's hearing, he probably is going to want to move on. But but we'll see what happens. I'm not. Years. I'm not. You know what? I'm not sure where I sit in terms of what's the right thing to do because I feel like if, like you said, finish someone. Uh, criticizes or offends or goes for a member of your family. I feel like you've got a right to defend your castle, but then in the yeah. same breath, like there's probably a way that you carry yourself. Now, if my son was on a decent amount of money and I'm, I'm driving home in a Range Rover, I'm probably not going to care what people say. But then you don't know what's been said before. It might be that he might have had the hundred comments and ones that you know it's a death by a thousand paper cuts, but. We we saw it at Forest as well in the um, the Carabao Cup a, a similar incident. So I'm not sure, but it, you know it's I'd imagine George these kind of things is something that Gibbs White may be considering when he's you know he's weighing up whether he wants that move to Forest. So can he go somewhere where he's truly appreciated? And and it and it's not it's not every single Wolves fan like every time he came over to the corner, I was thinking Gibbs White is one of our own. But yeah. it's the same with. When we do stuff online, you get a hundred nice comments, and you always remember the one dickhead who's nasty to you. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? I think it's it's part again. It shouldn't be, but it's part and parcel of it all, isn't it? Like you've got fat, pay, paid paying fans in a in a ground, and you've been drinking and whatever else all day, and you know, like you say, you don't know. You don't, context is massive in this. Context really is key on it all. And I think that. You know, and it takes that one bad comment or that one bad tweet or whatever. And, and you know, with humans, you, you you are going to think about the one bad one, not the hundred positive interactions you've had. So I think really for more gives what it's going to come down to, you know, if we do accept this offer and it is around the 40 million pound mark, for, for him, it's, it's probably life-changing money as well. I know that sounds stupid to say about a professional footballer, but if, if Forrester paying 40 million pound for him, they're going to have to pay him like a 40 million pound player. That's he's probably going to like triple his wages. Got to. I, I don't know what he's on at Wolves, obviously, but you know he's got to be well, well over six figures a week. You'd think if they're paying forty million pound for him. So yeah, I, I I think it's a fantastic deal for Wolves. It's a fantastic deal for Morgan Gibbs White, and I still don't know what Forest are smoking, but. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> who, gives a, who gives a shit about them, to be honest with you? <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of, like I said, Forest fans see it as salty, but 
you know, it, if you're offering a package of forty million pounds, and you know, a lot of most of it's sort of front, and the the objectives are, well, they're going to be performance or merit based, but like achievable, then then you would be daft. I, f- I feel like though, we've we've already spending the Gibbs White money on Gedesh. I don't know how how, how you lot feel about that. It seemed like that came out like secondary though to like the, the it almost felt like the Guedes deal was announced. Well, you know, it seemed to be picking up velocity online, and then all of a sudden there was a tweet like last night about the the, the Gibbs White forty million pound thing. So it's like I'd like to. Well, I hope it's not linked, but you know, we know that there's been a bit of cash flow problems in terms of with the transfer window so far for Wolf. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it was. I mean, even if it is linked, though, like if if you say right, you get rid of Gibbs White and you get Gonzalo Guedes and eight million pound profit, you're laughing. You're thinking that's fantastic business. I think that's fantastic business anyway. Um, but in terms of Guedes, we we were not going to talk about it at, at great length. But Dave's done a fantastic video on Talking Walls YouTube channel with a, a, Valen- a journalist who covers Valencia. He goes talks around Guedes and his qualities, and he still thinks that Valencia. I've had the uh, the shit end of the deal. They think he's worth way more than that. So make sure you go and check that out because it's a fantastic piece again by Dave. Um, but that's the Leeds game. Just a quick nod to the Betmate pot. So Talking Walls boys had a bit of a stinker. Dave finished two points above me and Finn, who, who were joint. I think I was 48th. Some Leeds fan won it. We'll brush over it. We're not fussed. We'll be back stronger. Um, but before we move on to the Fulham game, um, I've just got a message from one of our, our, our new partners, She's footy prizes. Now, they've got Pedro Neto signed Wolves mount and a 2020-2023 Wolves home or away shirt to give away. Um, so, it was £3.95 to enter and uh, 65 places. And, of, and for August, you can use code TALKINGWOLVES for 10% off. The competition closes at 7pm on Wednesday. We'll put the link in the description or you can go to footballprizes.co.uk to find out more. They have prizes. I think they uh, they could go live on a Wednesday night. So they have Wolves prizes every week. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled and you'll hear a bit more about them as, as the season's to come. Lads, moving on to the Fulham game. Um, I think when the fixtures first come out, we earmarked this as potentially a quite a, an easy fixture one. You feel like we, we could win and now... It's uh, it's looking looking like it could be quite a tricky fixture. Yeah, they've uh, you know they've, they've started off well, haven't they? Had a good game against uh, Liverpool. You know, we we listened to part of it on the radio up to uh, on the way up to Ellen Road, and and then caught uh, most of the second half at the ground. Um, but yeah, I think we all expected Liverpool to to have a decent, fairly straightforward win, but Everton um, Fulham made it really difficult for them, didn't they? And Mitrovic who. Again, we all know could do so well at the Championship. He's very rarely translated his form to the Premier League, kicking off the season with two goals. Obviously, one from the penalty spot. Um, it's going to be a tricky game. We've got some good momentum coming up under Marco Silva and obviously you know, kicked off the season with a positive result, you'd say. So it's going to be a tricky game, and uh, I think, on Saturday. Yeah, if you thought I was stuttering when I was I was uh, leading into that, it's just because the news has been confirmed that Gedesh is a. Uh, You're trying to convert to Spanish. Mate, I was, to yeah, Spanish. I was like, <laughs> you all, you, like the private chat come up, and I was like, have I said something here? I shouldn't have, and it's like Gedesh is confirmed as a official. <laughs> we said it at the start of the podcast. It's going to be sod's it, law. Yeah. We've been waiting all day for this news. It's going to be sod's law. It'll all come whilst we're recording. So they've been having a siesta. Mate, my theory was they'll be sorting out a montage recorded. It'll be a big video reel and. No, they'll sort that out and then they'll announce Gedesh tomorrow and 
the both has been announced. It's Sod's Law, isn't it? It's Sod's Law. But, you know, we move. Finn, Fulham on Saturday. Mitrovic will be playing, but I feel like we're probably in a better kind of uh, shape to deal with him this time round with the news that Cody's just departed. Because <laughs> even, <laughs> even, he even said himself he hates playing against him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was I feel like the last time he actually did okay, but yeah, yeah the, 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 two, the two or three before that. Um, but yeah, we've got two big boys back there. Not that Mitch, Mitrovic is going to bully anyone, to be fair. I'm still scared, regardless of whoever we've got back there. I mean, we could have Van... Well, Liverpool did have Van Dijk back there and he absolutely tore him. So... Yeah, that worries me. Um, Polina as well looks superb um, from what I saw. So, yeah, what looked like a nice, easy start to the season um, is now looking, because if we don't pick up anything here, then you've got Tottenham, then you've got Newcastle who are looking good. So you don't want to get too long without a point. But realistically, let's just hope that, that Fulham was just, they got all excited, first game back, and then we can bring them back down to reality. But I'm confident it's going to be nice to see Guedes as well, should hopefully be in the squad. Um, he's got plenty of time now. Uh, only number 17. So I'm sure we'll come on to a starting 11, but that sort of attacking area, I know we want players everywhere else, but it's it's so hard not to get excited by the the, the potential up there. So I'm excited. George, how are you how are you shaping up for Saturday? Are you, are you going to the, are you going to the game? Yeah, yeah. So I'll be there. Um, no mountains this week. Um <laughs> yeah, like watching like climb down and uh, having a beer in I'm uh, sorry, when uh, yeah, climb down the mountain and uh Call the last 60 minutes of the Fulham game. Um, and Mitrovic looked really good. Palina was unbelievable. And like, I know it sounds, it's probably just, you had the eyes fixated on them just because of the heavy Wolves links for the last couple of transfer windows. But they're a top team, Liverpool. And, you know, Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson, he was probably the best midfielder on the pitch. And, um, we're going to be up against it on the weekend, I think. Um, the only saving grace is that Fulham are absolutely gash away from home in the Premier League and always have been. Um, they'll probably bring about 300 right. of them as well. Yeah, they'll um, all come in the same car, won't they? Yeah, they'll all, yeah, about yeah. 300 of them and they'll have the clappers and stuff. Um, <laughs> no, like, I just think, you know, it's one of those games where Fulham at home, you typically go it's three points, which should be. But, you know... We'd have had a lot more confidence going into the game if we'd have picked up something at Ellen Road, and it almost puts a bit of pressure on it, knowing that you got that tricky visit to um, Tottenham the week after. Um, yeah, I think three points is essential, really. Yeah, because I, I spoke to a um, a lad from the the, the, the Fulhamish podcast, Cameron Ramsey, who's done an opposition preview for us. It's on our website, um, and I asked him how they how they play, and he says that this is this is what he said: they play with a, a flat back four opposed to a three with wing backs and midfield double pivot, which is very technical, with a 10 just in front. Typical wingers on each flank getting to the byline and getting crosses in, so 4-2-1-3. Dave, do you feel like we're set up to, to deal with um, an onslaught down the wings? I think so. I think with how you know how we set up, it probably help us a little bit more, allow us that little bit more room centrally, hopefully. I think Jao Palinja is obviously going to be a big part of that, a player that... You know, we've been linked with and wanted for so long. He's obviously going to run the show at Molyneux on Saturday. And he, he was pretty good at, against Liverpool uh, last weekend. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting if, if Gwedge comes in and, and he's able to star. That'd be brilliant. But uh, if not, I think it'd be a very similar team to, to what started on Saturday. But players have got to be up for it. Like George said, tough game at Spurs next week. We've got to get something on the board, whether that be a point or three points, obviously, would be even better. Lads, I'm going to ask you all individually. If Martinho's fit on on Saturday, what's your team? 
but but with with Gedesh there and, and Gibbs White too. Dave. Um if if they deem Gedesh ready to play, probably I'd probably go with the four three three. I'd say um and then you've still got you got a couple of good players on the bench. I'd probably say Neto, Pudence, Gredes as your front three, Martino, then Donka Neves, and then the same back four and goalkeeper Saturday. But you think? I like that, but I also do like the like just the Neves and Dendonka. I thought we were pretty solid in there. So could you get away with another one up there? I, maybe. Mm, I think I'd go. I'd drop Huang for Guedes, and then. But I mean, he can play all over, can't he? So we are pretty. I'd play those four, and they can all rotate. But maybe in the main part, Guedes up top because he, I know he can do that more as a second striker. But without Raúl. That because I thought Nevers and Dendonka certainly can't be dropped. So if it's a two, I'd go with those two. I thought they both played well. Um, yeah, same back four and probably yeah. Wang, well, we don't know whether Wang's even available. Um, but regardless, yeah. I'd probably go go for Guedes. I'm excited to see him. But you, Jordan? Yeah, um, yeah. Saar, Johnny Collins, Kilman, Aitnery, Neves, Dendonka for how how he played on the weekend, and then oh, I don't. I think you'd probably go with Guedes, Pedence, Neto, and I'm going to play Huang up top, which, again, is very surprising for me. But if you'd have scored <laughs> that, that volley in the first half, like Gaza, Gaza S9, it would have been, it'd have been popped off, cocks out, I think. <laughs> Wang's out. <laughs> I, uh, I agree with you, Dave. I'd go 4-3-3. I think it gives more balance. Mm. Um, but, of course, a bet, mate, does return for this weekend. I'm hoping that we do have we do have a better weekend because lads, we had a, we had a bit of a stinker against Leeds. Uh, the pot this weekend is a set is a Saturday 3 p.m. kickoff, um, and it covers all of those games. I think City are playing Bournemouth, um, I think Arsenal are playing, Leicester are playing, Newcastle are playing, um, and it's on the home page of, of the app. There's no there's no code to enter. It's three pounds to enter, and you get a chance to win a share of a bumper. £600. Now, with that in mind, with you can choose um, multiple multiple fixtures, my lineup isn't very walls heavy, I'm afraid to say. And I know you should always back your team, but with other, with other fixtures involved there, I've had to switch it up a bit. So my team for the weekend is Aaron Ramsdale, Johnny, João Cancelo, Kevin De Bruyne, James Ward-Prowse, Gabriel Jesus and Callum Wilson. Now you might be wondering why hasn't he picked Haaland, but I feel like Bournemouth might might just drop quite considerably deeper than they did against the Villa, um, and there won't be that much space in behind. And I know that's how he got one of his goals against West Ham. So that's my rationale. Dave, talk us through your team, mate. I can't believe you're like talking about Bournemouth trying to solidify defensively against Erling Haaland. But you know, uh, <laughs> well, if you're playing a low block, you want De Bruyne to penetrate with for Cancelo, mate. He's saying he's saying fucking FIFA ultimate team, right? yeah. <laughs> uh, now I've gone with Haaland uh, as my vice up front with Martinelli. I thought he, he was a bit of a nuisance last week. De Bruyne with Bruno Gomares in the midfield, uh, Trippier and Johnny, and uh, Ramsdale in goal. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Finn, are you having a go this week? I have. I've put one together. I've gone nice. Ramsdale, Trippier, eight Nori, um, De Bruyne, Zinchenko's down as a midfielder, Haaland oh. and Mitrovic. Who's down as a midfielder? Zinchenko. Zinchenko. Yeah, yeah I was looking for him nice. in defence for so long, and then yeah, I managed to put him in there. I don't know whether that'll work well with you know the, the rule changes, but we'll go with it. 
Yeah, the rule changes makes it a bit fairer. So if you're looking for mm. tackles and interceptions, it, it's, it's equal across the board. So mm. don't think it really matters. But just to, just to recap, it's £3 to enter and it's your chance to win a share of £600. And of course, with that, please gamble aware. Lads, it's just been announced as we're recording the podcast that Connor Cody has made his move, his season-long loan to Everton with, and this is what's disappointed me, an option to buy. Dave, what are, what are your thoughts on this? Because, you know, we, we've all been of the same opinion that, yes, it's fine for him to go, but an option to buy, it, it screams to me like the Adama Traore situation all over again. Yeah, it does, and it's a player that his value, I'm not going to say it's sky high right now, but it's probably at a decent level, but a crap season with Everton or whatever, and that's going to just sort of go right down again. Um, I'm not, I'm not against the loan deal. I think, okay, fair enough, but Wolves have got to make this financially make sense. So whether it is an option to buy, which goes compulsory after a certain amount of appearances or whether Everton stay up. Maybe that's why they're not announcing it because of how sort of almost tin pot that, that sounds, I suppose. Um, but for me, now he's left on loan. I don't think Wolves are ever going to go back to the back five, right? You know, uh, right now. So it just doesn't make sense to me. I'm all for giving Cody a chance to get minutes before the World Cup. So we've got an opportunity to definitely play there. And I think he will have that. I think Lampard will play a back five now and give him a huge opportunity to do that. Uh, but again, from a financial sense of walls, unless there is an obligation at the end of this or a realistic option that uh, they're going to trigger it, then it makes no sense to me. The uh, the comment from Jeff Shee in the, in, in the press release says, Connor has been an integral part of our success over the last five seasons and loyal servant to the club over his seven years at Molyneux. His dedication to Wolves in that time where we chose not to stand in his way for his desire to play football elsewhere and he leaves with our best wishes. Finn, you understand why why he wants to go and I've seen, I've seen a lot of comments this week about him jumping ship and nonsense like that. Um, Cody said that once once he knew of the interest from Everton, he was uh, he really wanted to join and be, and be part of it straight away. He's over the moon, which he's going to say. But what what's your stance on, on, on the whole move and you know, whether Cody was right, whether Wolves are right to let him go. It's 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 one that's been, you know, it's been debated quite heavily on, on, on Twitter. And like I said, some of the shouts I've seen are embarrassing. But... Yeah, it is tricky. I don't blame him whatsoever. I think he's acted exactly how I would. It, to be, I think it must be so frustrating as well to be told, like, you can't play. He's played in a back four a lot. The only time I remember him really having a stinker was I think it was West Brom. He had a stinker in a back four. And obviously, I don't think there's any debate that, you get more out of him in a five. But if I was in his position and you've had like seven years at the club and you just get thrown to the side straight away, it's, it is tricky for him. And in a World Cup year, I think he's thinking, what is he, 29 now? So this is probably his last chance at a tournament for for England. And I, albeit he didn't play a minute the last time, but just to be there when his career was sort of in the championship with Wolves and then where he's got to, to, to want to be at that World Cup, I don't blame him whatsoever. And if he's been told you're not going to play, it does worry me that, if we do, for example, like last season, we played the four in pre-season, realised, shit, we can't defend and went back to that five. I do worry that we don't really have that option now because, I mean, you'd probably have to play Collins, Kilman, Bolly, and then you haven't really got much cover apart from younger players. So I'm not really happy about it. Uh, my mum rang me. She's certainly not happy about it. She's got nothing to shout <laughs> at the start of the games now. Uh, it, is, it is a bit of an emotional one. Having a, a new Scouse girlfriend, that was a way to get her into Wolves as well. And, she's, uh, and he's now gone. Um, so I've got less of an angle there, but no, it's just, 
it is sad because he's, I know people always people say it, but he's so much more off the pitch as well. So it's sad all round, really, but I don't blame him. And Wolves have made a strange deal there. An option, I don't, is it an option? If it's a, one of those ones where it's a clause, or if it's literally Wol- Everton can go yes or no at the end, if it's a yes or no, that's ridiculous. But it's an option, not an obligation. Yeah. But at the moment, we but don't know because the, it, it could be an mm, option that like if you get relegated, becomes yeah. permanent if they stay up. But stay that's up, exactly. not been publicised yet, so we don't know. Yeah, so if the, it's that, I can kind of understand it, but yeah. I'd, just looking at what Liam Keane's um, written for the Express and Star, it says, join Merseyside right uh, uh, return on a season-long loan with an option to buy. So that screams to me that there's no obligation based on learn, potential. No. And it's it's like, if Everton are adamant, look, we only want the option, we're not interested. If not, you then got an unhappy Connor Cody because Wolves have stood in his way in his chance of, you know, getting first-team football before probably the, the last World Cup he's ever going to have the chance to play in. George, do you think that almost rationalises the decision a little bit? Yeah, I think so. I think um, he owes us nothing. Like, he's superseded all expectation. Like, last week, said best captain in my lifetime, probably bar Paul yeah. Wins. And you know what? We, you know, it's World Cup year. It's a funny time for World Cup. He will be on the plane because he'll be playing in the back five at Everton. They've lost Godfrey and they lost Mean at the weekend for serious long-term injuries as well. He'll slot straight in there at Everton. Look, it's, you know, they're a big club. Like, yeah. uh, I think the fans are a bit fucking, you know, OTT and expect more than what they deserve. But they are a big club. You can't deny that. And he's a scouser. So it's it's probably a dream move in, in, in a lot of aspects to go and play for one of those two big teams. Um, from Liverpool, so yeah, he's. Um, I don't begrudge it, and I think it's so unfair. Like some of the, some of the comments on social media and all this sort of stuff. Like, and it seems like really partisan, though. You've you've got like mm. two ends of the spectrum, and I think there's a lot of like, there is a lot of Stockholm syndrome around Wolves. Same with Nuno, same with Cody. Like, he can't leave. You know, we can't. It can't move on from all this, but. He's nowhere near as bad as what other people are saying at the other end of the stick. Like he's been a fantastic servant for us, and yeah, like you can't stand in his way, really. For me, we've got every ounce, every last penny out of Connor Cody, what we bought him for, and you know, if it is an ob- if it is a option rather than an obligation, Everton are probably paying a hefty loan fee as well. Like it could, it probably something around the four or five million pound mark, and you know what, it still could be our asset come the end of the year. So, and he could have a he could have a blinding season for him. You, you, yeah. you never know, but I think you, you're right, George. There's a real, I think more so with the old, older fans from what I've seen. It's a real sentiment around players and managers, and then you get <clears throat> younger fans on on Twitter who are saying he's not even a footballer. He's shit. Can't wait to get him out of the club. And it's like this bloke's given his all for the club, uh, and he's been an exemplary captain. He may not be the best footballer in the world, but you know, for me, he's one of those players where you see him on the telly and you see him talking, and he he makes you proud to support that club. Like he represents my club, and he and he makes me proud. And I think that's one thing I'd, I'd like to get across here. I think that the actual kind of thing that I'm getting as it lies somewhere in the middle of okay, there's some players saying he's one of the best club players that's ever played for the club, and you've got some fans who are saying he's shit, and I'm glad to see the back of him. Like, And he hasn't jumped ships. He, he wants to play football. He knows he's not going to get it at Wolves. And you know what? I wish him all the best, but 
it means he won't he won't be seen at Molyneux this season because he will he won't be playing. I'd imagine surely the club aren't daft enough, Dave, to uh, <laughs> to, to put in he can't play against his own club. Uh, I think in the Premier League rules they can't they can't yeah. anyway. So yeah, uh, but I echo what you said. Like there's been so many times where you know, like and like George said, I said to, to many people today that in my lifetime, definitely of watching Wolves is our best captain. Arguably, you know, the best Wolves team that a lot of us have seen during in within our, our lifetime. And he's, he's been the captain and he's been the top of it. So mm. even just little things like seeing him on Monday Night Football as a, as a pundit, how many other current players have been doing that? None. So just to have that sort of thing, saying actually he plays all Hampton Wonders, it's just little things like that. It's been a it's been an honour, to be fair. It has. It's been an absolute honour. I'm proud to call him captain of our club. And even if he does come back, I'm sure they're welcoming back with open arms. Um, I know... Dave, we spoke to someone at Wolves and after the, the, the Man City game that they the, the absolute spanking they had this season. They said what you don't see is the next day he's in the training ground, just geeing everyone up and getting everyone back in the mood and trying to lift spirits. And it's going to be a massive loss. But there's other players in that dressing room who, you know, will come out of Cody's shadow now and, and we'll 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 make the step up. You've got Neves, who was the youngest ever captain in the Champions League. You've got Martinho, who's who's won absolutely everything. Collins is is very vocal on the picture. Some big characters in there, and I, and I'm sure we'll be absolutely fine. But I'm sure I speak on behalf of you you boys as well. You wish him all the best, at Everton. Hundred mm-hmm. yeah. percent. Right then, before we start crying, we move on to the questions. Uh, thanks for your questions on Twitter uh, t- today, guys. Uh, the first one is from Matthew Gentile, who's also a Talking Wolves contributor. Um, what is going on with the likes of Jordao, Bonatini and Catroni? Uh, honest answer, I don't know. Uh, Jordao travelled with the club to Portugal, so I expect to see him against Ferenc. He didn't play. Uh, Bonatini, I don't have a clue what's going on with him. Not seen him at all. Catrone has been in Compton. Uh, I know of somebody that saw him in Wolverhampton last week. Um, obviously, uh, Catrone has been linked with moves away to probably back to Italy, if I'm honest. I think uh, the team is Serie B that we're looking at him quite uh, quite seriously. But Bonatini, don't have a clue what's going on. So, um, I think there'll be two players there. I think Catrone and Bonatini, which wouldn't surprise me. They just let them go for nothing this summer. We cut Catroni though. The amount they paid for him is absolutely crazy. I mean, we've got we've got a little bit back in loan fees, but it's definitely one of the worst transfer deals the club has ever done in terms of value and the player that we got in return. It is, but like hindsight's a wonderful thing. But when we signed him, we were buzzing, weren't we? Like, he's oh yeah, good at AC that. Milan. He's like it's hotly tipped wonder kid. It hasn't worked mm. out, but yeah, it's one of those. And obviously, Bonatini was fantastic for like three or four months. And then kind of petered out. To be fair, I can't believe it. For a player that was that good for like, like you said, three or four months, that the amount of stick the club got when we made that permanent, it's almost Mm. we knew from January to May, he was absolutely yash. So why (laughs) would we just spend five million quid on this guy? (laughs) Yeah. And and Joe got a couple of assists, to be fair, that first Premier League season. Didn't he win the penalty against Spurs? When the, when the, when the penalty against Spurs, he got the, did he not get the assist for the Adama? Adama, Adama, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Prolific game. Bring him back. That's why he's the GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> and brought Bruno Jordao still waiting to come on from the Swiss bench, isn't he? Who was that against, yeah, against now? Pa- was it? Palace, wasn't it? <laughs> Palace, yeah. He's just down the sideline. <laughs> Bless you. Um, Luke has asked, thoughts on the Kilman and Collins pairing? Finn, I'll start with you, mate. Largely positive, but a few shaky moments. Um, they both look big, which they are. Um, so Good I'm not worried. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> 
both look their height. Um, but yeah, no, both look pretty solid. There was a few more. It's it just weird watching Wolves in a four. So there was a lot of like last gasp, sort of not necessarily like near the goal, but sort of maybe 30, 40 yards out where they just get a foot to it, which it just scares me because we've had that security before and watching it now is, is very new. I'm not used to Wolves doing it, but uh, for the jobs that they had to had to play out, I thought they were yeah, pretty good. And um, Collins had a good chance for a header as well. So with them being so big, as I pointed out, in case anyone hadn't noticed, hopefully a few headed goals as well this season. <laughs> George, what were your thoughts on the, the pairing? Um, yeah, it was. you can tell there's a few, say, teething issues. It's not teething issues, just not. It's familiarity of playing with each other. That's all it is. Mm. They're both very good footballers, very tall, as Finn had pointed out as well. Um, <laughs> and yeah, no, we'll be fine. Like, they could be our centre half partner partnership for the next four or five years, honestly. I think um, the, the balance each other out really well on paper, very versatile, very good on the ball. Look, it's what 90 minutes of football and. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be fine, uh, and I'm sure we'll see a lot of positive out of them come uh, well throughout the season. Dave, yeah, definitely, and again, pretty much what these two have said—they're very big men. Um, <laughs> no, but they'll 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 be all right this year. I think we saw positive moments from them both, um, and we saw we saw negatives as well. I think we, we both saw it. Matt, uh, there was a break in play in the first half on Saturday, and I mentioned it to someone. Um, breaking play, Nathan Collins goes straight up to Max Kilman, has a word in his ear, straight up to, to Neves as well. So mm-hmm. I think, again, you know, there's a good leader in Nathan Collins there as well. Um, but yeah, it, it'll come good. I'm, pos- I'm positive of that. James has asked if Adama, Neto, Pedence, Huang, Gibbs, White, Geddesh, Raul, and Chiquinho are all fit, who is your front, field, front three or four? Flipping heck. It's got to be a four. Yeah. Well, he's asked who's, your, who's, who's in your best starting eleven, but mm. I, don't, I imagine he means your, your front three and four. So. It's hard, it's hard, it's right, hard to man. say right now. We've, <laughs> we don't know how good Guedes will be, but I think if he's paying that much money for somebody, you'd expect him to be in around the first team. So I would say right now, Neto, Pedence, Guedes and Jimenez. As a three. Yeah. yeah Jimenez oh. up front and then yeah. Neto, Pedence, Guedes, three behind him. Where's so four? Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Finn? Yeah, with five subs, I think you could keep them all happy. Um, but it doesn't look like Adama's going to stay. But even even if he did, I'd probably go the same as Dave, I think. Yeah, there'll be... Obviously, Pedence will get injured. So, I mean, that happens two or three times a season. So, really, one of them's probably got to go and it'll probably be Adama. But if you keep them all... I'd say, look, I want Adama in there. But... Oh. I'm like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but where? Um I think Neto and Jimenez and Guedes, it's just that last one. I think Pedence will be the one to drop out possibly, but he's he's same with Eight Nori. Eight Nori and Pedence are either a two out of ten or a nine out of ten. So yeah. I'll stick with what Dave said, but I'm I'm in two minds. What do you reckon, Jordan? Boring, but the same, to be honest. Same front four. I think that's the best front four we've got. And you know, all of a sudden it sounds like We've got a Premier League squad. When you think about potentially having a Dharma, Morgan and um, Huang on the bench, that that's more of a, a, a squad yeah. to me, and that that's you know it makes me feel slightly more easy with uh, with our situation at the moment, basically. Just gonna, but no midfielders, just vibes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what I mean, say if someone like Bashwai does come in, does he play ahead of Raul? Do you do you swap him out? In your, in your preferred 11? 
it for me, I think that Raul was, and again, I'll probably get pelted. I thought he was quite like underwhelming last season, and again, he's coming off a horror injury, and I get that. And he was a player that always played on the edge. I completely get why that sort of has gone a little bit after that horrific injury. Um, I think it's a big season for Raul, you know, and it's you know he's injured and stuff now, but we're actually for the first time, you know. We're going to have genuine competition up there now for him, especially if we get Batshuayi, Guedes as well. He can play there. He's yeah, it's, it's competition for him, and it's either going to bring out the the best of Raúl, or it's going to prove that maybe he just isn't isn't at that level that he was when we when we first got him anymore. What are you lads? Do you think if um, someone like Batshuayi comes in, he'll be the num- number one? Or number nine. No. <laughs> you know I don't know. think so. I think Jimenez will all, uh, right now. Jimenez will always be number one. It would take somebody to come in, like about yeah, <laughs> to come in and have a really good goal scoring run before they can convince anybody different. Final question from Jack Crockford, um, and you may need to have a little think about this one, boys. But it's favourite Connor Cody memory. Has, has anyone got one? Uh, Everton was a, a good goal yeah. last season when he wasn't. I wasn't at Chelsea away. I assume that would be up there, Finn, for you as well because you were on all the Finn pictures. was on the picture, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even Woo-hoo. though you can't see Cody in it, yeah, it could like because he's been mobbed, but that, like, yeah, good Cody. I wasn't there for the Bolton penalty either, which is pretty iconic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, my dad was yeah. doing the London Marathon, so I always annoyed him for that one. That seemed like a good day. Um, what else is it? Yeah, Chelsea's up there. If we're in lockdown. That one, well, you know, when he got the equaliser against Man City, even though we got yeah. battered, that was just ridiculous. <laughs> and obviously the England goal as well. I think that that was amazing. But yeah, there's a lot, and he seemed to score a lot more towards the end, didn't he? So there's a lot more goal-related yeah. ones. George, is your favourite moment in moving to Everton? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think um, yeah, some good moments there. I think it's always been, you know, it was always that clip of him after the Leeds away game when Kilman was man on match. That was always that quite a funny oh, moment. Yeah. yeah. Did he? He's right. That one. And always remember um, the FA Cup game when we beat Liverpool at Anfield when he was playing right back. And he absolutely, I think it was a Rigi, I think he sent him into like halfway up the cop. And he started punching <laughs> the air and stuff. And um, yeah, always just remember that tackle because he sent him about 10 rows back. Um, but yeah, like I say, Connor Cody, he's going to be remembered for passion and leadership and yeah, being a been a legend basically i think and i think yeah. we'll appreciate him more when he's gone what about that one as well sorry actually i've got two you remember that one which is that slow-mo in the championship where he plays like that dag straight through like the whole pitch and then there's that slow-mo of him like that that's great as yeah. well there's some great pictures of him yeah. like there's pictures of him like celebrating stuff like that like i remember yeah. united in the cup uh, West Ham in the league, which we spoke about when Adama scored the winner. Like, there's so many good pictures of him. To be fair, that embrace with Nuno, the gif as well, the big hug in the rain. Yeah, that's nice. nice. My uh, my favourite memory of him isn't one on the pitch; it's one off it. Uh, when I met him at the end of the season dinner awards, and um, he's from St Helens or around there. And at the time, my my missus was uh, my missus at the time was from St Helens. And um, I was saying, look, I've my missus like lives real, real next year. And I said, where she lives? She went, oh, that's really posh. Like, you need to look after her. You need to keep hold of her. She's she's a good girl. And then two weeks later, she finished me. So, 
Uh, so Quite. I always remember that. I, I put a tweet about that actually, and Harrison Harrison retweeted it. His brother, so um, <laughs> apparently a lot of his family are Everton fans. Though there's only his brother and someone else who's a who's a who's a red. So maybe uh, maybe the stars of the line for him, chaps. That's all we've got time for this week. We just hit the, hit the hour mark. So been a nice to get a few things off our chest. Dave, where can people find you? Should they wish? Yeah, so it's Dave as a party on Twitter, which is obviously D A V E A double Z O P A R D I. Finn, where can people find you? Any vlogs from Leeds? Yeah, I did one um, to all the 12 people that have watched it. I knew it wasn't going <laughs> to exactly go off with a bang straight away, but we're back for the season. Um, yeah, Finn is F I N E double R Z, YouTube and Twitter and Instagram every maybe six months. Um, but no, yeah. And also at Molyneux, if we're going to carry on this, I'll be at Molyneux on Saturday. Yes. Let's not make this a thing. Jordan? Yeah, um, at Jordra7 on Twitter. Wonderful stuff. I am at mcooperwrite on Twitter, at mattcooperbytes on YouTube. Um, I'm going to ask Dave to, to go see out the show because my head is absolutely frazzled. We did an interview before this, which will be released in due course, um, which we're not going to talk about. But it's uh, it's quite a big interview. It's, it's very insightful. And I, uh, I can't wait to share it with you all. But Dave, in true youtuber royalty fashion you see out the show before i go and have a lie down <laughs> yeah no problem uh, obviously if anyone's listening on apple Podcasts or spotify as well if you could leave us a review that'd be much appreciated we've had a huge spike in five star reviews which is always good um if you look listening on youtube give us your thoughts on obviously the cody situation let us know your best cody moment and hit the like button subscribe to the channel if you're new and we'll catch you all very very soon